0: heart runs after you, right? That is my prayer. That is my prayer. As I stand before you and say good morning. Good morning, good morning. I am thankful. I am thankful this morning for our veterans. I am thankful this morning for this community of faith. I'm thankful for my job. I have the best job ever. I do. I just love ministry. I love you. I really do. I forget most of your names because it's just, just my brain cells, but I just love, I love loving on you. I love being able to do life with you guys and praying with and for you and just, I have a lunch today. For those of you who know that I'm uh, part of my responsibilities is the quarter life pastor. So if you're between the ages of 18 and 25, come to my house. Um, one of the blessings of being a quarter-life pastor is you never know which end is up. So about ten minutes ago, nobody was coming to my house. Now I have several that are. So if you are between that age group, I would love to have you come today. Um, and I said it in the first service, I'll say it again. And I promise I'm not brown nosing. I have the best boss. I do. I have the best boss. I do. I do. And one of the reasons I say that is because he asked me to preach and I said no. Um, I did. He first asked me to preach and I said no. And he's so gracious to me. He is so gracious to me. And I declined for several reasons. Um, But in the effort to be fully transparent, um, in addition to scheduling and things like that, I declined in part because of the scripture passage that we'll be looking at today. I've been wrestling. I have. I've been wrestling. I've been wrestling with this study since we began it. Um, I am in two small groups. One of them is on Thursday nights. It's the parenting small group that we're part of. Um, me and Alden are doing it. And then I'm part of the small group that meets usually during the 9 service with our uh, quarter lifers. And they all know, and the staff knows, I've been wrestling. I, I, I'm in, I've got Ajita. Does, do you know what Ajita is? Ajita, angst, m- Okay, so I have a little bit of angst over the study, over the way the author presents some things sometimes. I've got it underlined, and I'm like, yes, and then I'm like, no! Like, I'm talking to the man, and it's just a different way of articulating the idea of prayer and steps in prayer, and we all have a lens, right, that we view life through, and my lens is very different than the author's lens, so it's been interesting. Now, That being said, I want you to hear this. I am so thankful for this study because I love doing studies that allow us to be on the same page as a community of faith and recognize that this is not this, right? And as we wrestle with ideas together and we land in different places, I can see your lens and you can see my lens and then we return to him and we flesh it out. And it's just, it's a blessing to be able to do that as a community of faith so i'm thankful that it unites us as believers it allows us to press through hard conversations to talk about theology and jesus and love you know we talked last week in our as i was i won't say complaining as i was discussing some of my objections in the small group last week for our quarter lifers pastor matthew was he he's he put it he did spot on for me. He basically articulated for me a little bit of my angst and why I why I have it. And he shared with our small group at the time. He's like it it kind of it flows in a little bit in a little way. Maybe the author doesn't mean it, but the way it strikes me, it flows a little bit contrary to what we call the Wesleyan quadrilateral. Okay? And that is that the Wesleyan quadrilateral is how we kind of inform our thought process as Nazarenes or as as a believer for me, and that is that, like, picture a, a stool, and that stool has three legs. The first part, the stool, the most important part, is the scripture. So Pastor, was, Pastor Matthew was talking to our group about this last week. And then the other, the other three pegs of the stool, less informing, but still important, are our experience, our reason, and our tradition. So what I find sometimes, for me, it's just the lens that I hear this author through, is that experience is the seat that he's viewing things through. So I've wrestled. I've really wrestled with it. And and then I turn and I wrestle with the scripture. So my lens allowed me then to see scripture the same way I was seeing the author of the book. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of getting exhausting for me, Lord. So we're going to look at the scripture together. And you don't need my opinion, so I want you to look, right? You don't need my, like, the world is filled with opinions. You don't need mine. Look at the word of God, open your Bibles, open your smartphones, and read the text with me. Would you? Okay, I'm going to read Luke 18, verses 1 through 8, and it's called the persistent widow. The persistent widow, okay? And Pastor Mark told me it would be on the persistent widow, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, Chuck, no. But I'm here, because God is good, and I have a really, really patient boss. So here we are, Luke 18, 1 through 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is the word of the Lord. The scripture is crystal clear. Jesus introduces us to this parable by saying, we should pray always. And not give up. It seems simple enough. It just the rest of it just kind of it just kind <clears> of <throat> sits with me wrong. I don't know why. I mean, I've kind of been peeled back like an onion over the course of the study for this for the sermon, and and I've been able to kind of formulate my lens and how it's distorted, and the spirits moved in me, and. And I, I don't know what you hear when you hear this passage, the persistent widow, but this is what I hear. Now, some of you may know this little guy, but this is what I hear when I hear the persistent widow.
1: They can listen to me, listen to me, like, like I do this all the time, and if I go out at the, at the house with the door, Matthew has his toys, and then Matt has all his toys. Okay. But I have to yell at you guys. Linda, Linda, listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen, Linda. Listen. Okay, what? Everything they do at this house, they can't touch everything at Grandma's house. Okay. Okay, then what? Then you're not listening to me. Then you're not listening to me. I asked you not to do something. Linda, no, no, but listen to me. Look If you do something, if you get that out, that birthday off, you're going to break it. OK. But I'm asking, I'm letting you know but that you cannot, you know, Linda, no. Linda, am it, lick it. You're not listening to me. Listen to me now. Listen to me now.
0: Listen to listen to me. No,
1: you're not listening. I said no cupcakes. No
0: cupcakes. No cupcakes. No, it doesn't matter what grandma lets you do. No cupcakes, right? That is the persistent widow story to me. It is. When I read the word of God, I see a little, I think his name was Mateo. That's what I think of. Now, some of you are like, yes, that's exactly what I think of. And some of you are like, Pastor Janice is a little cray-cray. That's not what I see in the word of God. And that's okay because we're going to look a little bit closer at what the word of God says. And I can promise you it's not him. So that is the good news for today, right? So thankfully, whether we like a portion of scripture or not is irrelevant. I'm going to say that again. Whether we like a portion of scripture or not is irrelevant. There are some things in scripture that you or I might want to eliminate, and we have a problem with it. But it is indeed our problem. When I subscribe to Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord, I choose to believe in the authority of the word of God. I then cannot piecemeal together a book that I want to then live by. So after I declined to preach, the Lord chatted with me a little bit and I'm here. So what do we do? What do we do when Scripture seems to say something contrary to how we understand things to be and how we understand who God is? Well, the first thing we do is pray. We pray. I've prayed that the Lord opened my eyes to a clear understanding of the text. And what I... The shift that happened, one of the shifts that happened for me was that I felt like I had an instance where I was interacting with somebody and we had a disagreement. Now, I'm not talking about a Facebook disagreement. I'm not, that's, no, toxic, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about where you like have a fundamental opposing viewpoint on policy or doctrine or anything. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you walk away from a situation, and not in a condescending way, but when you walk away from the situation and we're like, oh, they, they really have no idea. Let what I meant. Like there was, there was a complete misunderstanding, like a disconnect there. And it's not because they're like, it's not like a stupidity thing. Like I, I use that word carefully. It's not like, and I purposely, I'm not using ignorance. It's not like a, but it's this naivety. Have you ever walked away from a situation you're like, They're just naive, not like they're just, they're so stupid. They're not, they're so naive, but like, oh, they really don't know. And part of the first layer that the Lord peeled for me was Janice, baby, you don't like this scripture because you don't know me well enough yet. You're still naive. So I'm gonna show you a little bit more. And he did. And he's faithful. So the Lord let me see who he is. And he let me see again who I am. So who is he? I believe that Christ used this parable not to compare himself with the unjust judge, but to contrast himself very starkly with the unjust judge. It wasn't just a side note, and so if this is an unjust judge, and he like finally gives, and well then what do you think I'm going to do? I think the entire text speaks to who and how glorious our God is. So I'm going to share some truths that I believe about God, but I believe them because of the word of God. So you will see the word of God that supports this affirmation. So to this judge, the woman was a stranger. To our God, we are known fully well and beloved. Song of Songs, 710. To this judge, she was alone. She was one person. To our God, we are a body of believers coming to him on one another's behalf. James 5:16 Matthew 18:20 To this judge the woman was to keep her distance, far away, not to disturb or disrupt his person. To our God we come to him as he bids us to come and to come boldly. Hebrews 4:16 We're camping in the word a little bit, guys, because my opinion doesn't matter. This judge was unjust, yet we come to the righteous father, one that regards his own glory and gives comfort to his children. 2 Corinthians 1, 3. This woman came to the judge on her own account, but our God himself engages on our behalf. This woman had no friend to speak of to add force to her petition, but we have an advocate with the Father and the Son who lives to make intercession for us. And I'm going to read this one, Romans 8, 26 through 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray. We do not know what we ought to pray for but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Some of you have prayers that have been answered, right? You have posted these notes, and you have prayers that have been answered. You can sit here and you can testify. Janice, this is what happened. I had somebody come out in between services and say, I want to let you know, like, the persistent widow text, like, blesses me. I'm like, oh my gosh, that blows my brain. But she... She talked about how, over and over and over and over again, that persistence has blessed her, and she sees answer to prayers. And some of you can testify that to that. But I know that some of you are waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and, waiting. and he groans for us because sometimes, guys, I'm tapped. I'm tapped out. But God loves us so much that he says, Shh, let me do it. Let me do it. And you can bet that his groans are always right. I'm so thankful for that. This woman had no promise nor encouragement, but we have a God that when we ask and we seek, he shall be found. Matthew 7, 7 through 13. She was indeed limited to how and when she could approach the judge. Office hours, I'm sure, were in place. But our God hears our cry day and night. How many of you are up at 3 o'clock in the morning? Really, like how many? I want to see hands. How many of you are up at 3 o'clock in the morning? Right? Right? Day and night. He never goes to sleep. Never. He bids us to come, saying that the prayer of the upright is his delight. So James 5, 16, and Psalm 147, 11. Delight. Not just tolerates. You know, clearly the unjust judge was, okay. I mean, he said it's like so that she wouldn't attack him, right? Right? <laughs> but God delights in us. So who is God? Who is this God within the scriptures? Wrestle with the scripture and find that he is holy and he is just. He knows us. He works on our behalf. He bids us to come. He expectantly waits for us. He gives comfort and delight. Lord, now I see a clearer picture of who you are. next who am i who we are is not void of who he is i want you to get that when we turn to who we are i want you to understand that who we are is not void of who he is god help me if i am janice without almighty god so know that that we are always seen upon the backdrop of the almighty creator. Our worth is in him. We are his beloved, we are wanted, we are pursued, we are called, we are waited for, we are sought after and we are saved. And that is enough. When we have faith in Jesus Christ, we are saved. And I know some of you weren't there yet, and that's fine. I had a fantastic conversation with somebody that I am growing to love dearly, and he—he's wrestling with the whole idea of Christianity and faith and and the need of a savior, like that idea of a savior. Um, and I and my response, one of my responses was, "You show me a world that isn't broken, and I'll show you a world that doesn't need a savior. We are saved." And that is a blessing. So, the persistence, what I've been seeing is that the persistence isn't what determines our Heavenly Father's response. I don't believe that that's what this scripture testifies to. Our Father's response is His alone and how He deems fit. And He often hears how I disagree. But He sees fit. And he is good. And when I look at it through the lens of truth, when I take off my cranky pants, and I say, Lord, show me, and I trust that he is God, he is good, he is good to me, and he is good at being God, then I see a much clearer picture. Persistence speaks. Instead, I believe in this word to our communion with God, to our relationship with God. To persist doesn't mean endless repetition or painful prayer times. But instead, I I think it speaks to the heart's need to keep our requests constantly before God, living for him, with him, day by day. Believing he will answer. He will answer. He does answer. Have you had a prayer answered? Any prayer, maybe not this one. Any prayer, raise your hand. Prayers answered? He's a prayer answering God. He is. I'm so thankful he doesn't have my brain. <laughs> he knows better. He really does. And that's what I contend with when I, when I look at a scripture that doesn't set well with me. We live by faith and according to the last verse in this text that I read that faith will not be found by many or in many when Christ returns. It's valuable to understand these things when we view scripture and when we wrestle. Who is God and who am, who am I? And I dare to say that it's valuable to look at it in that order. I would not encourage you to look at a text or a situation asking first, who am I? Unless it automatically turns your view to God. Because for me, when I'm like, okay Lord, what am I going to do? How is this affecting me? Where am I at with this? Instead of, holy God, you've got this. Where are you in this? It changes It changes your perspective. It changes your persistence. Right? It changes your petition. And it's important to remember, to look at it from the lens of God first. Our persistent prayers are to be a response. Now, I found this quote from Eugene Peterson, and I appreciated it. He's a theologian. He's recently passed, author. Some of you may know The Message, the book The Message. Okay, it's a, it's a variation of a translation of scripture, um, and he, he compiled that. Um, so he writes in a, different, in a different book that he authored, and I want you to hear this. I want you to sit with this a minute. I think I got it up on screen, right? Um, we restore prayer to its context in God's word. Prayer is not something we think up to get God's attention or enlist his favor. Prayer is answering speech. The first word is God's word. Prayer is a human word and is never the first word, never the primary word, never the initiating and shaping word, simply because we are never first, never primary. We do not honor prayer by treating it as something that it is not, even when that something is, as we suppose, sacred and exalted. What we do, in fact, is make prayer into a verbal idol. It then becomes a tool that works our diminishment and maybe our damnation. We so often find ourselves in situations in which everyone around is quite sure that prayer is, or at least should be, the first word. We must develop within ourselves the means for a full and continuous awareness of its secondary quality. It's answering character. Otherwise, we drift unaware into verbal idolatry and its consequent, consequent diminishments. We require repeated and forceful reminders. The first word is everywhere and always God's word to us, not ours to him. I don't think that diminishes the idea of prayer or persistent prayer or bold prayers, or long prayers, or brave prayers, I don't think that diminishes it at all. I think that aligns with it. When we come into a persistent prayer awaiting the Lord, and it is then our response that he is the first word and the last. (laughs) It's almost like, okay, Okay, like, this isn't dependent upon how many, like, times I burn the incense or, like, you know, whether or not I've said it the right way or I just, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't about me. This isn't about, this is about God. And that's what he showed me as I peeled away the scripture. As he contrasted who he was upon the backdrop of the unjust judge, I'm like, this isn't about me. This isn't about me. This isn't about me. So, first we pray, and God shows us who He is and who we are. And then we see the application, but it's not void of the fact of knowing who God is and who we are. We can approach God boldly, we can approach Him with faith, knowing that He answers prayer. His love endures forever. Does it not? Now, some of you know me. Some of you know that I'm like uh, I'm like a hopeful pessimist. So, like I finished this sermon last time, and I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody looks so depressed, and I don't mean it like that. Like I'm, I just know that some of you have been on your knees for years, and I want to speak to that a little bit. And I know some of you like have had answers and answers and answers, and that is a blessing. And I praise God for that. You know, when I was chatting with the lady outside in between services, and she was telling me, she's just like, my persistent prayers aren't about me. I'm like, right! She's like, they're not about me. They're about what's going on around me and who God is. I'm like, yes! Like, I was so excited, because, like, even though she came at it from, like, actually loving that portion of scripture, and I clearly didn't, like, we ended up still seeing God and his sovereignty and his goodness and his love. So prayer means that we first deal with God and then we deal with the world. Because otherwise, we'll experience the world as a problem and not a reality in which the Lord is working. Right? Like if I put my foot out the door without talking to God first, like Wegmans is really bad right <laughs> it just is like uh. because i i was talking to somebody the other day again i was like i'm an emotional 10 i am an emotional walking 10 like if the grocery store clerk looks at me wrong it will ruin my day like you know it it just does it just does if i have a disagreement with my husband maybe 3 days like i am just everything is like wow intense would be an appropriate term for me you know so if i don't if I don't if I'm not in communion with Jesus persistently, then like the clerk really upsets me. And I see it as a problem instead of the reality in which God is trying to work in my life and in his or hers. So persist in prayer. The Lord was clear in that. Persisting isn't something that comes naturally to us as contemporary Christians. I want my Big Mac and I want it like yesterday. The best app, I shared this with the first service too, the best app my daughter has, you know the apps, some of you not techie, apps like you're on the phone and they're like little things that you can like get to a whole nother world, is the one for Starbucks when she can order my drink ahead of time. Like she like orders it and I show up and it's there waiting for me. Like my pink drink. My pink drink. It's there. It's waiting for me. I don't even have to like wait in line. It's right on and it says Janice waiting for me. So that is my favorite app. Persisting in prayer does not come naturally. And I would venture a guess to think that some of you are as impatient as I am. I could be wrong. I know some of you are very patient. Pastor Mark. (laughs) Very patient. So persistence doesn't come naturally. It's something that we need to cultivate. But when we expect that the Lord will answer, the communion comes a little easier. It allows us to align our priorities. If it's always on the forefront of our minds, it will continually rise to the top. Communion will be something that we enjoy. Fellowship will be something we enjoy perpetually. It allows me to focus on what's important. And when we understand that he has the first word and the last word, it causes us to listen often. The scriptures testify to the fact that God answers prayer. And our focus remains on the Lord when we do so. It builds our faith. And according to scripture, that is what the Lord is looking for among his children. So persist with me, will you? Will you persist with me? I pray for you. I do. I pray for you. It's easier for me to pray for you, actually, than it is to pray for me. So will you pray for me? I've got some circles. I do. I've got some circles, guys. So pray for me. And we'll persist together knowing that our God is faithful and just. Pastor Mark's going to close us in prayer.
1: our loving father we thank you that you teach us you transform us that you want us to know you and and you are taking us on a journey where looking back we can say yes father we know you more and more help us to know you more help us to see you clearly so that we don't see distortions, but instead we see the truth of who you are. Help us, Father, to trust in you, not trust in our own wits and strength and how we're gonna fix everything, but help us to trust in you and to listen as you direct our lives, so that it's your will that's being done, not our plans. Help us to be willing to surrender our plans to you and help us father to never give up on you mm-hmm. to always to always expect you our loving father to love us with love that endures forever so that when life is difficult and sometimes it's really hard God we don't get give up we don't get discouraged but instead we're people of faith and confidence because you are so good so father we ask teach us to pray as we go from this place now we ask for your blessing upon us May we go from this place as people of faith, people of hope, Mm -hmm. people of your kingdom, bringing that same hope into our world, which is very broken, bringing your healing and your power. Thank you, Father, for loving us.